0: Okay, people. We need to cook up a new holiday for the summer. Something with uh, gifts, cards, assorted gougeables.
1: How about something
2: religious? We had Great Penetration last spring with Christmas, too. Oh, I know. Spendover,
0: like Passover, but less talk, more presents. Mm-hmm. Product gifts, No, no, no! No, it's gotta be warm and fuzzy. Something like, um, Love Day, but not so lame.
3: Come on, Mom, the store's just invented this
2: holiday to make money. Lisa, don't you ruin another love day.
4: Hi, and welcome back to Material World, where we're digging into the stories behind all the things you spend your money on.
2: I'm Lindsay Rupp. I write about all the stores in the mall for Bloomberg. And
4: I'm Jenny Kaplan. I cover all the things you drink and smoke for Bloomberg.
2: So on November 25th, we're going to celebrate the mother of all consumer holidays, the shopping and retail Olympics, yes, Black Friday. And while no one really knows where that term comes from, it is not the day that retailers turn a profit for the year. I've had to dispel that rumor for a long time, but it is the day that retailers decided to use as sort of a kickoff to the holiday spending season and a big metric for consumer spending. But these
4: days, it doesn't feel like there's just one holiday season. There always seem to be holidays coming up, from Christmas to Valentine's Day to Free Cone Day. Social media has fueled our awareness of new opportunities to celebrate, and companies are taking advantage, just like in that
2: clip from The Simpsons that you heard at the start of the show. People are saying that they're getting tired of the same old consumerism. We've talked a lot about people shifting their spending habits away from apparel and stores in the mall. And all these skip trips are really hurting these malls. It's estimated that about one third of enclosed malls in the US will eventually have to close. And instead of going to the mall, people are paying more for memories and experiences. But there's always some product to buy that will make your party a little more grammable.
4: I've definitely experienced that. I rarely go shopping for clothes in stores these days just because. But on the Saturday of Halloween weekend, I spent all day with friends in different stores searching for costume
2: components. We're spending more on parties, big and small. The average cost of a wedding in the U.S. rose to $32,641 last year, an increase of more than $5,000 from 2010, according to a survey by the wedding website, thenot.com.
4: It seems like people are willing to go above and beyond to celebrate almost anything these days. It's something we talk about a lot on our consumer team here at Bloomberg, and our editor, Nick Turner, came up with a term for it.
1: Celebration inflation is the idea that every holiday or event or things that maybe weren't a huge deal in the past are now taken to an extreme degree. So if you have a kid's birthday, it has to be at uh, Chuck E. Cheese or some you know elaborate party event place. And in the old days, we maybe just like throw something together at the last minute. Um, I think it extends to Halloween, where in the old days we just celebrated Halloween on Halloween, but now. Kids, it's essentially a month-long event where kids have multiple costumes, they have uh, a whole week at school devoted to dressing up, and uh, everybody just kind of takes it to a a more extreme degree.
4: Nick's seen this trend play out acutely among his three young kids.
1: Instead of just celebrating on Halloween, they have Costume Day on Halloween itself. The next day is uh, Sports Day, where people wear like a sports jersey or something. The day after that is Crazy Sock Day. And then there's I didn't also didn't want to get too crazy with that. Yeah, one. <laughs> well, there's also school spirit day, and then this is my favorite, dress for success day, where like uh, essentially the kids dress up like little Alex B. Keatons or something. <laughs> um, so that's pretty insane to have a whole week, you know, at just a regular public school. Whereas obviously, when I was growing up, that would not happen. <laughs>
2: So Americans are going over the top on traditional celebrations and spreading out holidays from a day into a week. Retailers, brands, and special interest groups want to cash in on all that happiness, too. Case in point, Jenny, can you guess what national holiday November the 15th is? Uh, well, Veterans Day
4: was the week before, and it's not quite Thanksgiving,
2: so I don't know. What is it? Well... Wow. It's National Bunt Pan Day, National Philanthropy Day, National Clean Out Your Fridge Day, and National America Recycles Day, among others.
4: Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I need to duck out to the store to get a bunt pan and a recycling bin. I
2: think you have to really
5: put the marketing muscle behind it. I think if it's just National Jell-O Day and so and nothing happens, you know, what's the impetus for that consumer
2: to go out and buy Jell O? That's Shelley Banjo, a columnist at Bloomberg Gadfly who follows the consumer industry and companies like Party City. But I think that shoppers
5: know what's fake and what's not. And if you're not going to put all your muscle behind it, they don't want to be bothered. Take National Pet Day. So that's something that you could actually do something around. There's a bunch of pet stores, a bunch of whatever stores. They could actually put some marketing muscle behind it, You know, give you free samples or tell you to bring your... I mean, wouldn't if there was a big event at some store and they were like, oh, bring your dog in, you'll get free samples and you get to play and, you know, maybe they'll bring in the Instagram dogs that are famous, you'd probably go. I think these retailers are missing out if they're not trying or thinking about participating in these things. I mean, I think that the, the fake holiday thing can be, become a real thing just in the same way that Black Friday did and Cyber Monday did. And suddenly people plan their whole holidays around which – mall they're going to go to or when time they're going to wake up and try to get those diamond earrings or laptop or something like that and it all plays into this idea that people aren't spending the same way they used to. People want to spend on something that they have some sort of emotional connection with and retailers that are smart will say, "Okay, what are our customers looking for? What are they celebrating? What are they spending time doing? And how can we provide the products that they might need to kind of satisfy those occasions.
4: So not every attempt to create a reason to celebrate is going to be a hit. Like Shelly said, consumers are pretty good at sniffing out a fake.
2: Still, as Nick discovered with Halloween, Americans do seem to enjoy leaning on more traditional excuses to celebrate. TLC gave us a glimpse into this trend in its short-lived reality show, Outrageous Kid Parties.
1: We had a roller skating rink, a foam pool, had great music. We also had a photo booth, cheerleaders. Also had a character guide. This party is
0: going to be so great.
4: To find out what's driving some of this over-the-top spending, we talked with Michelle Backman, who co-founded Little Miss Party Planner, a company that specializes in small events in the New York City area.
6: You know, we've seen. Just with social media and with when we first started the business, I don't think Pinterest existed, you know, and now it's like Pinterest is a whole conglomerate of its own. So I think parties have really taken a turn towards, I don't want to use the word competition, but everybody wants their party to be this Pinterest worthy experience and celebration. So it's like the aesthetics of the party are equally as important as the food and the entertainment and this and that. And it's like everybody, with one click of a a button on your phone or your computer, if you type in Winter Wonderland Party, you can see 10,000 photos of something you you would like to emulate. So I think it's very easy for people to raise their expectations on what a party should look like. So then enter Little Miss Party Planner. It's a great base for us to have a business because people are willing to spend some money on making it look and feel the way that they perceive it to be rather than just some white paper plates and a pizza like when I was little and like a, and like a thing of colored balloons, you know?
2: I mean, you mentioned uh, that there's sort of competition factoring into these events. Is that pressure falling on you as a planner or on your clients who are, who are trying to create the perfect experience? I mean, I guess, could you maybe elaborate on the competition element?
6: You know, sometimes I think it's more like, oh, well, Jenny had a unicorn party, so I don't want a unicorn party. Or if I have a unicorn party, I want it to be different than Jenny in my classes. You know, so the amount of times we've re-redone themes isn't that often. And even if we do a Mickey party for this kid, you know, the Mickey party we do for the next kid is going to be totally different. And that's actually something that we pride ourselves on is, is creativity and newness. You know, I I guess the competition thing could just be just a natural that everybody, you know, you, you, if it's your first child or second child, you want, you know, a birthday is a, is an important milestone in a kid's life. And you want that party to be special for them and different. And it's something that I think parents, you know, you just want something special and different for your kid.
4: What's an example, like, what's the most lavish party that you've worked on?
6: This was probably the biggest birthday party we've thrown. It was um, this real estate tycoon guy who lived in the city for a million years. And every five years, he threw himself a huge bash. And he told us that for 65th, he had it in Katz's Deli, he rented out Katz's Deli and had, like, Cirque du Soleil people come in. So we knew Whoa. that we had something to top. So... He let us use a floor in one of his buildings that was getting converted into offices. So it was basically just one big white canvas that we could do anything we wanted to because it didn't matter. They were turning it into offices. So we brought in food trucks. So we made it like a food truck party. So all of his guests and we spray painted like the we had a a graffiti artist come in and spray paint logos of all the different food trucks. And then we had a jazz band and a tap dancer like it was crazy.
2: Even our colleague Shelly wasn't immune to the desire to go above and beyond at her recent wedding. We kind of, as a lot of people do, you know, branded our wedding and
5: that's, it's, uh, you know, then we had t-shirts, we had tattoos. It was a little much, I think.
4: Fun. Great <laughs> well, for Instagram, though.
5: Well, we did it at my old summer camp, not to get too much into it, but we did it at my old <laughs> summer camp. So it had a th- kind of a themey type of thing, uh-huh. but we, you still didn't want it to be that you know, kitschy, but, you know, everyone was back to summer camp, so we figured we might as well play up the theme.
4: So what's driving this desire to wring the most fun and excitement out of every opportunity? What's fueling all this competition to lead the best life, or at least the best-looking life?
2: Well, a big part of it is that our lives are so much more visible to each other now. I mean, somebody's always watching.
4: Turns out, companies like Party City have a term for that, too, according to
5: Shelley. And they talked all about this thing called Pinterest anxiety and this anxiety that people had. Well, you know, this party thing that we used to have is no longer just, you know, me and the family and my friends. It's suddenly broadcast to everyone in the world. And oh, so, wow. <laughs> and I think that was – so their their whole thing was, well, how can we – if we know that, let's say, a mom is coming in to create her first uh, birthday party for her, for her one-year-old, what are we going to give her that would also look good? in person but then also look good when you're photographing it for Instagram at all the weddings chalkboards are really big deal so that you could write your Instagram hashtag on them and that everyone can follow you know it wedding stalkers on Instagram hashtags is also insane because suddenly you're not just trying to please your guests but you also have to make sure your wedding looks Pinterest perfect as people say
3: November
7: 3rd, Subway celebrates National Sandwich Day, also known as National Hey Mom, I Got You That's Lunch right.
1: Day. The state of
7: California just declared February 22nd as Kevin Hart Day. <laughs> that is so- we are marking National Thank
5: a Mail Carrier
7: Day right. today.
6: Isn't this a good one? Especially also if- a special day if you enjoy Slurpees. It's the annual Bring Your Own Cup Day at 7-Eleven. You can bring any kind of container and fill it off.
7: <laughs> Jedi fans rejoice. <laughs> it's May 4th, or Star Wars Day.
3: Today,
1: by the way, in case you don't know, is National Hugging Day. To celebrate National Hugging Day, please welcome one of the... Top huggers in the United States of America right now, Mr. Zac Efron. Zac!
4: With all this money to be had, how are companies cashing in? Some retailers have seen real success creating an event and a reason for people to go out and buy.
2: That's right. Think about Black Friday or Cyber Monday or even more relevant lately, Amazon Prime Day. This year's was only the second event ever, but Amazon said it was one of the biggest sales day they've ever had on the site. For further insight, we talked to Bloomberg's Spencer Soper, who covers Amazon.
0: Prime Day started last year, and they had their second one this year. You know, It happens in July, which is Amazon's third quarter, which is traditionally a pretty light quarter for them. But the idea being to entice customers, get them excited about deals, get them on the site, and primarily get them uh, enticed to pay for the Amazon Prime subscription so that they're locked and loaded come the holiday season. So Amazon's wanting to prime its prime pump, if you will. Um, sales were up, I believe, 50% in their second prime day from the previous year. They sold uh, more than 2 million toys and 1 million pair of shoes and, uh, and more than 90,000 TVs. So they're definitely having success in creating something out of nothing, You know, getting people to shop at a time when it isn't normally associated with shopping.
4: Is there a sense that they're making this a holiday? Like, why make it one day? Why not have like Prime Fridays for a month? Are they trying to make this something that it's like everyone get ready for Prime Day?
2: Because a lot of retailers also do Christmas and July sales.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the uh, goal is of of focusing it to one particular day. Other than I think it is easier to create excitement over one day than it is over a prolonged period, then it just becomes more more humdrum.
4: This kind of company-created holiday is effective all over the world. Here's John Oliver's take on the Singles Day phenomenon.
7: This was a big week for the Chinese economy.
4: The biggest shopping day in the world has just become even bigger. Singles Day in China has set a sales
7: record. It's a holiday designed to commemorate single people, because apparently they think the date 1111 11 looks like four single people in a row. <laughs> singles Day! Had been sort of a novelty holiday until 2009 when the online retailer Alibaba turned it into a sales event. And since then, it's become huge. Yeah, so they've racked up sales
6: now of more than 15 and a half billion US dollars. So as you say, breaking the record of 13.3 billion that they racked up in 2015.
4: Companies are also taking advantage of lesser known and international holidays to spur consumers to buy their brand. Take Constellation Brands, which brews and distributes Mexican beers Corona and Modelo Especial in the U.S. They've capitalized on the growing popularity of Cinco de Mayo to promote their beers. At an investor day in November, Paul Hederick president of Constellation's beer business, talked about the growing popularity of the Mexican Day of the Dead and how that's helped them sell beer straight from May into November.
3: They, okay, back in the day, virtually invented the holiday Cinco de Mayo here and making it a big promotional opportunity, which is true, and the idea came up from that it was too hard for Corona to get into the promotional rotation for Memorial Day, July 4th, and Labor Day, which is like when it all happens for beer in the summer. So this was a way to get a jump start on it. worked very well, so now we're able to carry Cinco right through, and this past summer, I think two summers in a row now, we've won Memorial Day, we've won July 4th, and we've won Labor Day in terms of our share and our promotional activity. But now we came up with yet another one, I think, which we're only about two years into the making on this, which all of a sudden is taking on a life of its own, and that's this Day of the Dead, okay? Uh, and so now all of a sudden there's a big promotional opportunity on November 1 in-store and on-premise where people are celebrating uh, their uh, lost relatives, okay? So it's a Mexican holiday, Day of the Dead. And so now we're able to sort of carry ourselves from pre-Cinco right through Early November. And it's incredible how we're able to create these events and then really capitalize on them and leverage against them.
2: The willingness to spend more money on celebrations of all kinds has helped create some auxiliary businesses. Scott Novus founded Game Truck in 2006, and since then, the
4: company has grown to serve more than 30 states and also provides laser tag and bubble soccer for
7: parties. What we're seeing is more hey, let's celebrate, let's have an event. And it seems like people really want to have great experiences. They're buying a memory. What new memories do you manufacture through Instagram? What new memories do you manufacture through Facebook? Purely through those activities. In my experience, none. You want to go do things and then report them and connect them, but what are you gonna do? And that's part of the reason we've benefited from that is it's okay to go play. And people want to play together, and they're looking for opportunities to do that. The one-upsmanship, you know, I think that's purely a function of how to get noticed. Um, and that is that's baked into our culture at every level of how do you win the tournament. you got to be at the top of the pile. And we love tournaments. We love competitions. I mean, we're Americans. We compete. Right. And so we'll bring competition to almost anything.
2: We talk a lot about why people aren't spending, but no one's keeping all of their money under their mattresses. So what are they buying? Experiences that they can post on social media.
4: You may think that you're spending less money on stuff, but you're probably wrong. Retailers are capitalizing on selling you all those things that make your experience postable, from the perfect Halloween costume to the best election day party celebrations to the cutest wedding outfits.
2: But maybe it isn't all so narcissistic. Scott at Game Truck said his business is benefiting because people want to be together and feel a sense of physical community. They want to revel in things that they care about. Shelley pointed that out too. As crazy as all this seems,
5: I do think that we're kind of in a better place, that we're spending our money organizing events and being with others than just on having that showy Louis Vuitton bag. You know, I know that it's crazy and that there is all this celebration inflation, but in a way, it's kind of nicer that we're spending money on activities where we can spend time with other people rather than just the, you know, a new car or a new bag or a new jacket. You know,
2: the positive side. And with that, let's kick off the holiday season. That's it for this episode of Material World. Thanks for listening. Check out our other episodes on Bloomberg.com or iTunes.com slash Material World or wherever you listen to podcasts. We want to hear from you. As the holidays
4: approach, we're working on a story about sugar and salt. Are you trying to minimize either ingredient? Have you changed the foods you eat based on recent recommendations? Let us know on Twitter. I'm at Jenny M. Kaplan and Lindsay's at LC Rupp.
2: You can follow the companies we talked with at Game Truck HQ, at LMPNY, and keep up with our colleagues at S. Banjo, at SF Nick, and at Spencer Soper.
4: Material World is produced by Magnus Henriksen and Liz Smith. Alec McCabe is head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks. And with that, let's kick off the holiday season. And with that, let's kick off the holidays. <laughs> <laughs>